Hello and welcome to the MetaPod, the Pokemon TCG podcast that revolves around the evolving meta. We're back this time. I, I, I promise. I hope. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully yeah, the recording. Hopefully this is the only time that we have to record. Uh, uh, last week, if you uh, did not realize or you didn't see on Twitter at the MetaPod TCG, uh, we had some technical issues. And let me tell you, the recording that Sean sent me, because Sean does the recording and then mm-hmm. I edit the stuff and then post it places. Um, you could hear me and you could hear me great, but Sean was non existent. You could not hear Sean. And, <laughs> and I was like, you know, this, I listened to the podcast. I was like, is there any way we can salvage this? And I was like, I'm already in another stage. Sean's yeah. already on where he's going. And I was yeah. like, we just got a L for this week. So starting off the second set of 100, <laughs> you know, we, you know, technical difficulties happen and it's always when you don't have a way to make up for it after the fact, it's always exactly when you're like, you know, we're going to pre-record a couple episodes since we're both going to be gone. And the universe says, no, no, no. Yeah. And like the day before we did the interview with Stefan and then like the next day was when we recorded our supposed episode, which was the uh, which was a bunch of budget budget decks. decks. Yeah. Yeah. We got several decks, like four decks under fifty dollars. And we were like, here's some budget decks that you can play. But um, so nothing crazy. But this week's pod, Sean and I have got a bunch a bunch of different stuff because the North American International Championships took place in Columbus, Ohio. If you did not hear or if you did not watch, Sean, did you get to watch any of NAIC? I did not. I did not get to watch any, but I did keep up a bit on Twitter, which we'll talk about some of the uh, crazy decks like that I think maybe some people kind of expected, but like, yeah. And then also... There's one human that we are just going to give a shout out to because, like, dude is a madman, mad lad. Uh, 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 yeah, yeah, we will talk you'll about know that. Exactly, yeah, you'll know exactly what we're talking about when we talk about it. If you, I, if you did not uh, know, I did not go to NIIC like I wanted to. Um, if you can't tell from the recording, first time listeners may not realize this but my voice is very hoarse right now like it, <laughs> i i i feel fine i just like i've just got no voice and so back now done traveling i was just like you know what i really like i want to see all these people at events but i don't want to go to an event and go oh three drop and spend like six hundred dollars you yeah. know minimum um and expensive. so i was like i mean it was it was definitely gonna be more than six hundred dollars that's just the first number that popped into my head but <laughs> i was able to watch the event all weekend and watch all of the incredible things but since our last podcast episode and since the last time we talked about the news there's been a lot of good stuff happening in relation to the world championships coming up and a lot of stuff that you're going to want to put on your radar especially if you're a competitive person but also the collectors out there we got some big news for you as well but sean as always we can't we can't break this habit no we got to go with the five-star review sean Kick it off, Jake. Who, who who we got this week wow, on the five making, star? Wow, making yeah, the I'm guy just throw that's it. got the real horse voice <laughs> do, do the five star review. Okay, sorry, man. Whew, looking for a new podcast host uh, with me, and this one is five stars. Love the show from Polo Rico. Five star rating. Love hearing about the new sets, tins, promos, and learning meta as a former player from the Team Rocket days and getting my kids into the game and collecting absolutely love that we just had an episode of pokey dad you know talking about being a pokey dad and stuff so definitely if you haven't listened to that yet anybody uh pokey parent or planning on being a pokey parent some days or really just going through life changes in general with pokemon graduating college going to college those are the only major life events that (laughs) happen exactly that's it that's all that's all. They were they were great interviews and thank you so much again Polo Rico for the five star review. But we got one more shout out before we really get into the news. So we a couple weeks ago on this podcast we talked about how the Pikachu on the ball promos were coming back in the UK and Sean and I expressed how it was going to be awesome. You know whether you lived in the UK and you wanted to get them or maybe you were someone that lived outside the UK and you were going to have to buy them off eBay and stuff because more promos means that they were going to be cheaper and they're really cool they're kind of one of a kind 
uh, set of cards. And this wonderful, wonderful person, Ian, reached out to us on Twitter at MenopodTCG and said, hey, I got a couple Sobble on the ball promos. Do you want like them? Like, I'll just send them to you. And so we got a couple. This is Sean's right here that you may be seeing on screen. I haven't sent him to you. I just got home like yesterday. But... <laughs> Soon he'll have one, and I've got mine sitting over there. It's on a shelf. So thank you, thank you again so much to Ian. That's very, very kind of you, because I would not have gotten these cards um, if it wasn't for that. So thank you very much. That's super awesome. <laughs> and speaking of that promo, Jake, it actually has relevance for the first piece of news that I want to talk about today. Which it is, really does. It's amazingly, <laughs> the tie-in is there. Um, this is big news, and I don't think we're actually that far behind, because I don't think we would have gotten this if we'd recorded a, an episode last week. No, this is relatively new. There are probably some people that still don't know about this. So, for those of you who are wondering and listening and can't see the screen, they have announced, Pokemon has finally announced when the rotation is most likely to happen, but specifically, yeah. when, what the set like uh, what the meta is going to include for Worlds this year, which I know a lot of people, like like top-tier players, too, were like, it's very unusual. I would love for Pokemon to tell us what Worlds is going to be so we can start testing, because like Jake and I said, they have always announced rotation well before this point, like in like May It's usually or April. been like, yeah, it's usually been like the middle of spring. Yes. Kind of that late April, early May kind of portion. And I think that's when we last talked about it last year on the podcast. Yeah. And, and because of that, I think you and I, at least I expressed, you may have agreed or, or not, but I think it was like, I don't expect there to rotate them to rotate out some of these cards because they haven't announced anything yet. And that's such a small amount of time for players to test. Um, also, it makes sense that they wouldn't rotate. So the news, the news is that there will be no standard rotation this year for Worlds. And the next one will weirdly be in early 2023, which is so very instead strange. Of, so instead of after the World Championships like they've done in the past, they're instead pushing it even farther back to mirror. I believe this is what Japan, like Japan. does. Yeah, they do it at the beginning of the year. So they haven't they didn't specify when they say early 2023. They didn't specify like January or yeah. February or whatever. They just said early 2023. So you can we can assume that that is going to be the first couple months. It wouldn't surprise me if it was like right before a set mm. released or maybe like when a when the newest set became legal. It wouldn't surprise me. I don't know that for sure. You can take that with I, a grain of salt. But I think end of January makes sense because that's usually when they release their first set of the year, sometime in that window. And mm -hmm. I will say, just separately, it is going to be really interesting because I know some people have always like had different opinions about a new format right at the same time as Worlds and like it's completely untested and like you just kind of sometimes get jank decks that don't actually have a long-term impact. But this is interesting because it'll actually be a rotation in the middle of qualification year. That mm -hmm. I think is really fascinating because I think it it breaks up the season season in a really interesting way, which I don't know. I think could be cool. I don't know. I mean, I'm one of those people that likes things concise, like clear kind of things. And so the start of the year equals the start of a new rotation. Everything is the same. It's almost symmetrical and I'm into it. Yeah. Um, but they are going to be rotating in early 2023 all of the deregulation marked cards so i don't know exactly all that entails but if you look at the bottom of your pokemon cards and you look to see what the letter is if it's d it's rotating yeah but uh also the other weird thing and the reason that the sobble on the ball they did list there are what is this one two three four five six seven there's nine cards that are not legal for worlds that are very specific and they're all the special promos so mm -hmm. you know all of the on the ball cards are not gonna are gonna be banned from worlds because they were not released in all regions which is the same as the special delivery cards also not released in all regions and lances at charizard v and dark sylveon i guess were those cards not released in japan i guess 
I don't, I mean, I don't think they were, to be honest. Um, now that I think about it, I can't confirm or deny that. But um, I do know that they're full in a set and they're the they're the celebrations cards and whatnot. So that's true. I mean, it kind of makes sense to just be like, hey, you know, let's just get them out of here. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But yeah, so that that's what Worlds is going to be. Worlds is going to be the current format plus Pokemon Go, which Jake and I will probably do a set review of that for next week now, because I think we, there's too much news this week. Too much. Yeah, news. there's a, there's a lot of good stuff. I mean, we want to talk about the decks. We will talk about a little bit of Lost Origin today, some news that was announced. But yeah, I mean, this is a big deal. So basically, this pod is very, very important because this is going to be almost the same format as, you know, the World Championships. This will give you a yeah. really good idea of what the meta looks like right now, you know, meta forecasting for worlds because the Pokemon Go set, you know, it's it's a holiday set, you know, it's like Champions Path and stuff like that, you know. There's probably going to be a lot of crap cards, but yeah. there's still going to be some exciting things that come out of it too. All the secret rares are out if you want to go look at those for the Pokemon Go set. They do look very, very pretty. And I've seen like Neon Cactus and OKJ OK Love Mm-hmm. open up some of the cards from japan and it is really cool looking actually oh, saw cool. some people at naic as well i think uh celios network posted this opening um i don't know if it was a box or just loose packs of the pokemon go set or whatever from japan but they actually got one of the sticker dittos oh cool that's really neat yeah they like they peeled it off and everything they said they almost missed it at first yeah, I mean, I wouldn't surprise me. I think a lot of, I think a lot of casual pack openers, are definitely going to miss that if they don't know that the thing exists. It'll just be like a, huh, interesting, weird, and then. Yeah, and I mean, it's not like a, it's not like a, huge thing. Like the card doesn't weigh like a bajillion pounds or whatever. It's like, it's just a little indicator, like mm-hmm. where the set is. It's just a little thing in the corner yep. that has like a ditto, and so like if you miss that, or maybe you're flipping through the cards too fast trying to get to that ultra rare or whatever you know that big hit like you might miss ditto actually well jake are you ready to talk about a little bit just the tiniest bit of lost origin i am because these were announced and i know our collectors are going to be excited about this the lost origin pre-release promos have released it's very very interesting at the time of this recording not all of them have been fully revealed um, there is one of them that is not recognizable. Like they, we don't remember the card from Japan. And so mm-hmm. all we know is what is shown in the picture of, you know, the pre-release promos that you may be seeing if you're watching this on YouTube or S- Spotify. Um, but there's four of them. There's a Kumfei, a Machamp, a Finneon, and a Gengar. Sean, two basic Pokemon mm-hmm. that can evolve. And then also two stage twos. An even split. Kind yeah. of interesting. It is. I mean, I think they've started kind of doing this where like they'll have like and I bet you those stage twos, there's like a whole line for them. Whereas the other two are like support Pokemon in a different archetype. Mm-hmm. The same way that like the Pukamuku was like a uh, basic, but I think there came with like a stage one or a stage two. But yeah, it's interesting because if you look at the come phase design, I'm blocking it a little bit on the yeah. the video stream, but they have these designs in Lost Origin. You may have seen a lot of cards announced on Twitter, people talking about them, which don't worry in the future. We will talk about how Garatina is going to be a tier one deck. I promise you that. <laughs> but the come has like an extra little design on the outside of the picture. It's like some pink purple light blue smoke and you will see this theme across a lot of the cards in the set of lost origin you will see this a lot actually so i'm i'm very excited for this you may have seen me talk about it on twitter yeah that's really interesting that's cool yeah the uh the comfy is the finian is the one that they don't really Mm -hmm. know exactly what it does but i don't know Uh, jake of all the promos here which one is your favorite I think one of them that is my favorite is you look at Comfey, not only because of that little like extra design mm-hmm. thing that I was talking about. This is consistent with any of the Pokemon that interact with the Lost Zones. So 
Big news, if you haven't heard as well, Lost Origins will bring back the Lost Zone, a mechanic in the Pokemon trading card game that hasn't really been around since Team Lost Thunder. Up. Uh, no, I, Team Up. Cause oh, did they print a couple of Lost Zone cards yeah. in Team Up? Interesting. And I think like Unbroken Bonds had some because of the Prism Stars. Um, yeah, perhaps. Yeah. I think Heat Factory was from Unbroken Bonds. At least Tapu Koko Prism Star, the beloved card mm. in Pikaram, that was in Team Up. So I know that for yeah. sure. But anyways, since the Sun and Moon day, since Sun and Moon has ended, there has been no Lost Zone interactions at all. And so this set is going to bring it back. Comfey's ability uh, interacts with the Lost Zone. Once during your turn, if this Pokemon is in the active spot, you may look at the top two cards of your deck and put one of them in your hand. Put the other card in the Lost Zone. Hmm. So very, very interesting. We'll talk about this at a later date, but a lot of the stuff that has to do with the Lost Zone is amount of supporters in the Lost Zone, amount of Pokemon in the Lost Zone, in terms of dealing damage or using certain effects, things like that. So having a card like Comfey is very, very cool, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I mean, from an artwork perspective, I'll just quickly say Gengar. <laughs> the Gengar on this is fire. It is such a good... Uh, it's such good art like mm -hmm. oh it, the framing and everything is amazing it's just sitting there it's it's center frame looks like it's gonna try to come out of the artwork at you yeah i also think gengar is really really cool because if you look at it in itself it's a stage two pokemon as usual 120 hp so not very big for a stage two pokemon in the sword and shield era it has the ability netherworld gate once during your turn you may put this card from your discard pile onto your bench so yeah, that's just an ability. That's an ability, just putting it on the bench. If you do that's put amazing. three damage counters on this Pokemon, I don't think that's, like, you don't have to worry about that at all because, you know, so many Pokemon hit for 120, 90, whatever, very, very easily. Like, don't even worry about it. Like, I will gladly put a stage two on my bench for free, essentially. Um, and then it's attack for one psychic energy is Shrieking Circle. Put two damage counters on your opponent's active Pokemon for each of their benched Pokemon. So you can do 10, right? And and 10 is not necessarily great, right? But, you know, when you get to put a stage two onto your bench for literally nothing, you don't even have to search it out. It just has to be in your discard pile. It's worth one prize. This could be an interesting kind of finisher Pokemon, especially for psychic decks you know you're never going to start this pokemon right and so if you have a deck something like maybe dragapult i don't know if dragapult i mean dragapult's bad but this is the first thing that comes to mind because it hits relatively low numbers you have something that's very very close to being knocked out it only needs a couple more damage counters you can use shrieking circle to really reach that next level you know to reach that ko and you would only be trading one prize to whatever they have i mean if you're trying to knock out a Pokemon, it's probably a Pokemon worth multiple prizes, like a V or uh, V Max. even, you know, V Maxes are still a thing, which they are, we'll talk about later. I mean, Jake, my main thing is, you have a, effectively, you have a Pokemon that is protected, right? It's in the discard pile, so unless there's a new Lost Zone mechanic that gets rid of it, which maybe there is, but... And a, a Giraffe Rig? Sure, yeah, <laughs> but like... You have a Pokemon that is protected in the discard pile, but is effectively on your bench if you leave a bench spot. And it does 100 damage, you know, potentially up to 100 damage for one energy. And all you need is a switching card. I mean, like, if you really think about just as pure, pure simplicity value, like, there's a lot of decks where if you want a single prize Pokemon to do 100 damage for one energy, Either you have to find it, put it onto your bench, and switch in the same turn, or leave it on your bench and hope it doesn't get gusted up or whatever. This gets around a lot of those awkward things, and I'm just like, ah, oh, this is good. This is good, I think. But anyways. May not be, it may not ever be the best no. thing, or it may not be the bee's knees, but I think you could do some really cool stuff with it um, and things like that. We might as well go over Machamp, Sean, yeah. while we're here. It's the only one, it's the only other one that we know about that I haven't read yet, so... Machamp, 150 HP, fighting Pokemon, stage 
two has the ability crisis muscle if your opponent has three or fewer prize cards remaining this pokemon gets 150 hp meaning that it is a baby pokemon so not a multi-prize pokemon that has 300 hp and this is without big charm or something yep. like that this is without the stone energies deflecting <laughs> damage so that's pretty crazy you could like roxanne path machamp up in here and like yeah absolutely that's a lot of hp fighting fighting is its attack strong arm lariat 100 plus damage you may choose to do 100 more damage if you do during your next turn this pokemon can't attack we've got cross switcher in the format we've got escape rope in the format we got switch card in the format for a little Bye. bit longer actually switch card has not been reprinted outside the d block so maybe early 2023 is when switch goes but anyways we have a lot of switching effects so i mean don't really worry about that too much i would say but i don't know kind of cool it sucks that it's a stage two though but it, 200 damage i mean you're yeah. one-shotting a uh, rcs you're one-shotting a are you one-shotting the the flying rat i don't want to spoil it yet oh. are you one-shotting is that a fighting week or a lightning week uh, let, let me, me look it up check uh i think i don't actually know it probably is fighting week but who knows honestly i have this like weird feeling but anyways it's a very very interesting uh card in my opinion i really really like these pre-release promos it is lightning week by the way oh weird. um <laughs> yeah i knew it was kind of weird but kind of weird anyways Anyways, very, very cool. The Finneon, again, we do not know. There's a little bit of it. I mean, you would use it for its ability, but we don't really know exactly what the ability is. It it's um, it has to do with uh, the swim freely attack, which I don't know any, any Pokemon off the top of my head that have that attack, but maybe in Lost Origin, a Pokemon will come out with that. But yeah, Sean... Let's get into what everybody is wondering. NAIC, the North American International Championships happened this weekend, Sean. It was thrilling. It was exciting. And I was actually at the last NAIC that happened in, in 2019, the summer of 2019. I went there as a spectator. Um, and so I didn't know the stream of NAIC. And let me tell you, it's a step up in production compared to regionals and shout out to boo frosty caribou had their first ever uh casting time shout out to them i know they were very very excited in that and all the other excellent casters i know scarzig did their first ic casting they've done a couple of regionals so far this season but anyways going into the standings it's very crazy sean because in this there was no mew within the top 16 there was one mew within the top 32 so wow. absolutely wild sean we know that mew v max is a very very good deck we know that mew v max is probably a deck that can get you a safe entry into day two if you've piloted a like you know you mm -hmm. know the deck very very well because that's how strong it is but we've really started to see mew v max fall off you know it was super high at the beginning of its tenure you know when it when it was introduced with fusion strikes release and legality but slowly but surely it's just it's really starting to drop down sean i mean why you watched a lot of it right was there a specific reason like obviously i will say this i'll preface it there's a lot of palkia in this yes. top 32 <laughs> yes which is something and then also also there's a lot of rcs v star inteleon things so like mm -hmm. but what about this this current lineup of things made mu vmax maybe less likely to get into top 16 or even top 32 i think it's just origin form palkia v star for the most part i think palkia yeah. has kind of a good matchup against mu vmax because mu vmax loves to fill up their bench right they mm -hmm. absolutely love just filling it up and doing genesect eighteen thousand times <laughs> and so that's perfect for a deck like origin form palkia v-star and with palkia v-star as well you know the origin form palkia v 
it has 220 HP, so it's a little bit more difficult than some of your other V Pokemon to be able to hit those numbers for those one shots with whether that's like the Meloetta or, you know, just a Mew with a cross fusion because they can play around with other things like Big Charm yeah. as well, you know, effectively a 250 HP basic Pokemon. So it's it's hard to knock out. And I think that's kind of what gives it the advantage. Mm-hmm. Um in terms of that matchup have i played any games of it myself no i've just watched so that's what i can gather with it but as sean alluded to origin form palkia v star really dominated it did not win the event though sean that little flying rat right there we we alluded to it earlier but sean what ended up winning oh my international championships so azul Garcia Griego, Azul GG, which many of our listeners probably know him as, won the tournament. I think this is his first NAIC like IC win. I think this is his first IC win. This yeah. is also the first time an American player has won the North American International Championships. Oh <laughs> so, you know, big shout outs there, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, Azul managed to take it down with Flying Pikachu VMAX, which I'm going to pull up the deck list here. And I will say, I'll preface this, Azul has an amazing podcast called Uncommon Energy. Huge, huge shout out to them. Congrats. And like, if you want to hear the full, like deep spiel, I'm assuming that they're going to talk about his IC win on their next episode. So check it out. Just check it out. But this is the list. This is the list. It's this got, is yeah. this is very close, I would say, to what he played in Milwaukee as well. Um, Milwaukee, he also did very, very well because Pikachu, Flying Pikachu VMAX, if you do not know, is an electric type Pokemon. It's hitting for 160 base damage. So hitting for weakness on an origin form Palkia V-Star, 320, even if the Palkia has a big charm on it, it is still getting one-shotted and knocked out of the park. And 310 HP as well on the flying Pikachu VMAX without any other, you know, health modifiers, which there are none in this list. But that's a lot Uh, of HP to try to get past, especially because this deck can do very well at managing its bench Mm -hmm. and not putting too many Pokemon down on the field. Yes. So like this one. So the way that this engine works, for those of you seeing this type of deck for the first time, it's got... 3-2 3-2 line of the Pikachu VMAX, the flying one specifically. And it's got a 4-3 line of Arceus because, you know, if you read P- flying Pikachu VMAX's energy requirements, I think, is it three colorless or a lightning and two colorless, something like that? It, it, it's it got two a colorless, two so colorless. it works really, really well with double turbo. It can, but also you can just power it up with the Arceus V-Star if you need, right? Like you can, because mm-hmm. the price trade on that is... A two-prizer, a three-prizer, and you can finish it off with another two-prizer or go into a three-prizer. It's like it's a nice amount of prizes to give up throughout the game. It's pretty annoying for your opponent. So you're using all the greatness that is Arceus, all of the meta countering that is an electric-type Pokemon, and then you have this draw engine that includes a 2-2 line of Bibarel, Um and then you also have a 1-1 line, a sneaky 1-1 of Crobat and Crobat VMAX, which it's a little bit of draw, and the Crobat VMAX is basically there to just counter Mew. No, the, oh, the Crobat VMAX is really there to counter Milk Tank, oh. honestly, because if you watched Milwaukee, um, Azul had been using Stealth Poison or whatever the first attack is on Crobat to start putting some damage on it but then switching into a big big pokemon like flying pikachu v max or something mm-hmm. like that or maybe a small pokemon like an extra bidu for the pumpkaboo or something like that so i mean yes it does it does that extra damage to the mew but i mean it's re- it's milk tank it's so nice against the milk tank because it puts a That's lot true. of pressure on the milk tank players as well and the addition, the change, I believe, from the Milwaukee list is the one of Phoebe. Sean, do you remember what Phoebe does? Uh, I think Phoebe allows you to basically ignore any effects on your opponent's Pokemon and damage just goes through. 
Yeah, for your VMAXs. So specifically yeah. working for Crobat and Flying Pikachu, you're probably using it for Flying Pikachu. But that's, I mean, instead of canceling Cologne, you are using Phoebe yep. for your supporter to get around uh, the milk tank because that's what Azul really struggled with in Milwaukee. So mm. adapting plays a pal pad in there as well so you can effectively play two Phoebes in a game, get around two milk tanks, the third milk tank, is definitely a problem yeah. uh, that you have to try to go through. And he faced that against a deck that we'll talk about later. Yeah, I mean, but great, you know, great list. Like four Marnies, four Path to the Peak. So a lot of disruption there against any Arceus decks or, I mean, really anything like Mew, the Path to the Peak is really good against. Um, the energy lineup is an interesting split. Four Lightning, three Dark, four Double Turbo, and a Capture Energy. Um, certainly. It's interesting. I mean, you... A lot of these Pokemon have colorless cost mm -hmm. in terms of the attack. You know, Arceus is three colorless. Flying Pikachu is two colorless, one lightning. And then the Crobat is, you know, half dark, half colorless. And so it's interesting and it's nice because, you know, you can use basically any energy you want in terms of after you fill that one requirement for some of them. So... You know, if you got to use the dark Pokemon, you got to use the dark energies and stuff. But you can use the dark energies on the Arceus, the Pikachus, etc., yeah. etc., et and, and vice versa with the lightning. Yeah, I mean, outside of those things, everything else in this list is pretty straightforward. We got a one of Raihan. You got a one of Roxanne. So obviously opting for Marnie, a heavy Marnie line over Roxanne. A couple of bosses, a couple of research. And then two, Sharon's Care, which I think is interesting to have because <clears throat> I know a lot of lists were maybe playing one. Sharon's care, and then you have the pal pad, so you're like, oh, if I need it again, I'll... But uh, obviously Azul here opting for two so that, you know, he can basically rescue an Arceus V-Star if he needs to. Uh, and and not if we talk prizes. again about... If we talk again about that um, that Palkia matchup, mm -hmm. the Arceus is really... The Sharon's care in the Arceus play is very, very good because, again, this deck is really good at limiting the bench and kind of minimizing the bench. You'll see in the finals when he was... If you rewatch it, he was facing off against Isaiah Bradner playing Origin 4 and Palkia V-Star, and he did a really, really good job at limiting his bench and limiting the amount of damage that Isaiah could do per turn. So essentially guaranteeing that um, Isaiah could not one-shot in RCS V-Star. He had to go through in two-shot. And when you have a good draw engine like Bibberol and you have some Crobat in there as well, m playing multiple Sharon's Cares, you can a lot of times find that Sharon's Care when you need it to be able to get that thing out of the active and if you're getting an Arceus V-Star out of the active, you've already probably used Trinity Nova to accelerate on your Pikachu or whatever. And so you could just go right into that Pikachu and just start wailing away. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, otherwise, though, pretty straightforward list. So uh, I don't have anything more to say about it, but, like, congrats. It's a really cool list. Yeah, definitely. You can get flying Pikachus for, like, three bucks each. And I, I the think The V-Maxes. <laughs> I can't, I don't know if like a Pikachu based deck, I guess Pikaram did win some big events. So maybe. Pikaram was very, very good, Sean. <laughs> but this time, this time Pikachu didn't need a partner. It didn't need a Zekrom. It was just a Pikachu. But it, I mean, it had like Arceus sure, as a partner. A, I mean, there's another, another card, but it didn't need it on the same card. Like Pikachu can just shine on its own. That is true. That so. is true. But a very, very cool list. A very, very good list. I would love to build this list if it didn't have so many Arceus in it. Because even though I have one, there are still two more that I need to get. And that's like 50 plus bucks right there in just the V-Stars. But, Sean, let's look at the second place list. We've talked about this deck already a couple times. The Origin form Palkia V-Star that really dominated the North American International Championships, piloted by Isaiah Bradner. Isaiah going into his third straight North American International Championship finals. Sean, three <laughs> years in a row. If you remember, longtime listeners of the Metapod will know that we actually interviewed Isaiah in a previous episode. I wish I knew what number it was off the top of my head, but I didn't <laughs> do my research beforehand, so go look for it. Anyways... He is a recent Masters player. He actually mm -hmm. just jumped up this season from the seniors division. And so the last two North American International Championships, he was playing in the seniors, and he was in the finals for both of those. So continuing his streak with a very, very good deck, Sean. 
Yeah, this one is uh, Origin Form Palkia. So mm -hmm. the the top tier representative, I guess, of what most people expected to be the best deck going into this tournament and what proved itself to be, on a, on a whole, the best deck. Uh, but definitely a tough finals matchup against <laughs> Flying Pikachu VMAX, which, uh, you know... It's it's that flying Pikachu Vmax I think was in some ways designed to take advantage of this being the most played deck. He was able to take a game off mm -hmm. of Azul in the best of three, and then I know um, in the third game he was so close. He just needed, I believe it was to find the V Star, mm -hmm. and he probably would have had the game on lock, but he with the V Star on a big draw. So uh, unfortunate, but. Excellent, excellent play from an excellent, excellent player. With Origin Form Palkia V-Star, you are going to want to fill your bench with a bunch of Pokemon. You have a couple other damage modifiers, you could say, with the Choice Belt. You have, you know, also an Echoing Horn as well to put a Pokemon back on the bench to kind of modify your damage, as well as a little Zigzagoon with that headbutting mm -hmm. Tantrum over there to get that one more damage counter and a lot of lists you'll see this across a lot of the top Arceus lists now playing for Irida's Irida is considered a very very good card now especially when you have four cards called battle VIP pass Sean <laughs> yeah battle so VIP pass what you may remember from Mew puts puts a bunch of Pokemon on yeah. the field on the bench and it's, can you remember what does Irida do again Irida is a supporter that allows you to grab a water Pokemon and an item card. Okay. So you can grab your origin form Palkia V to set up in the game. You can grab a Radiant Greninja. You can grab mm. Battle VIP Pass, Capacious Bucket, Level Ball, Cross Switcher even. We saw a lot of plays for Cross Switchers in this one and really just allows you to do a lot of different things in a lot of different situations. Very good card, Sean. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's like, it's a cool deck. It's like, it's only running two um, stadiums, one training court to get some water energy back, which I think makes a lot of sense against the mill tank matchup, especially because this is one of those decks that you actually do have a Pokemon, a few Pokemon that can actually hit back. You've got your Inteleon, mm -hmm. which does a decent amount of damage, probably is Inteleon is doing 120. Is that enough to knock out the mill tank? It is, but a lot of mill tanks are playing Cape of Toughness. So okay. unfortunately, not enough in that aspect. But, but you, you know, you team. are playing a tool scrapper in your list and your shady dealings deck. So like Indeed. you can get rid of those. And uh, the Radiant Greninja also can do some like little bench snipe damage to those decks. So got got ways to get around the the, you know, wall stall mill deck and then just just a generally really good deck for cross switchers so heavy on the cross switchers um and yeah everything else the echoing horn the one of is nice uh what is that one over there is that the heat it's a hisuian heavy heavy ball. ball oh yes 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 okay yeah, yeah a card that i keep hyping up because it's good sean you know <laughs> I, I love me the hisuian heavy ball allowing you to find a pokemon out of your prizes help set up your game plan yeah but yeah, no, it's a, it's a good deck. Pretty straightforward. Um, you know, as Jake was saying, if you want, you can always go to the uh, YouTube channel for the Pokemon TCG. Or no, no Twitch. Well, you oh, could sorry. go to the Twitch or the YouTube channel when it gets uploaded. The Twitch, it'll be harder to find because you got to go through the whole stream of that day. But eventually they'll put on the matches um, yeah. specifically by itself on the YouTube channel. But very, very cool. You know, very, very interesting of a match. Very, very strong deck. Isaiah, very, very good player. Um, we've had him on. So excellent, excellent. And I can't wait to see him at Worlds and what he's playing. But you know what I can't wait to talk about, Sean? Yes, the, the most confusing deck of the NAIC in terms of what. how does this work? <laughs> My man came out to the North American International Championships. Sander! The man, the myth, the legend, the control mastermind, top three, got third place overall with Mewtwo V Union, Sean, oh a V Union getting top three at the North American International Championship. Sean, do you even know what Mewtwo does? 
So I did. I did do a little homework before this one, Jake. <laughs> I will say there are a few uh, psychic energy in here, and while you could use a, a number of Mewtwo V Union's attacks, the only one that really matters, from what I hear, it's was it two psychic and a colorless, um, and it heals two hundred damage from Mewtwo. That is mm-hmm. all it does. So, what I was told by uh, the YouTube video I watched was. Mewtwo V Union is a beefy, beefy boy. 310 HP. If you heal 200 damage and you're up against something that's not doing a lot of damage to you, then you could just heal for the rest of the game. And unless they have a way to disrupt your attack or something, you're, that's not going to be great for your opponent. Especially since the format has moved away from dark Pokemon, especially with the introduction of Palkia V-Star. There are just so few dark Pokemon that the weakness of Mewtwo V Union doesn't really matter um, to a lot of people. And again, yeah, like you said, you just heal that 200 and, you know, maybe facing, you know, like Mew VMAX or something, something that hits for like that 230. You got Cook in there, Sean, to swindle away 60 more HP. You know, they can only use so many damage modifiers and you really hope from a Mew player that they get rid of some of those damage modifiers early on like a Milk Tank or a Snorlax or something like that. Or the Yivatols when you get away those energies. We've talked about Cry of Destruction Yivatol on this podcast before and how it's good against Mew. Very, very cool. But Sean, did you know that there's an infinite loop in this deck? Uh... Let's see here. What is the infinite loop? I mean, Jake, why don't you go ahead and explain it to me? But I feel like I remember it with what is that news? Is it Silene? Is it Silene involved? Silene is one of the factors of the loop in this deck. Silene says roll to die for each heads. Grab a card and put it. I, I believe it's on the top of your deck. Um, uh, and so if you yes. get two, I believe you can put them in any order you like. But you combo that as well with Team Yells Cheer. Team Yells Cheer allows you to put a combination of three supporters or Pokemon into your hand from your discard pile. Mm-hmm. Or is it into your deck? It might be into your I, deck. It might be into your deck, but the one thing you can't do is you can't put a Team Yells Cheer with that effect. Yes. So you yes. think, Sim- oh, that's the similar to Similar to something like Lusamine, right? Mm-hmm. Lusamine cannot put Lusamine. Wait, actually, no. Can Lusamine... Lusamine might actually be able to put Lusamine. I actually like think, that, yeah. I think I've, this is I've where they fixed it. i decks with Lusamine. Yes. I actually think Lusamine can Lusamine itself. <laughs> yes. But anyways, the real way that you get Team Yell's share back into the deck, aside from Silene, is Palpad, playing multiple copies of Palpad. So you can throw those into the deck, and you play a bunch of other control-ish cards like Peonia, Flannery, Sydney, Crushing Hammers, and just some insane insane stuff you got a pikamuku in there too sean mm-hmm. you know how the metapod podcast <laughs> loves we love the old pitch of pikamuku yeah being oh. able to have a 59 card deck effectively although you can't use pikamuku if you don't have any cards in your deck i believe uh yeah yeah that would make sense because you have to like replace it with the like take the top card and then put this one on the bottom yeah if you, you don't can't have do... a top card then yeah <laughs> it would just be pikamuku <laughs> coming back into your hand so um, that's not exactly how it works. No. That just how that just helps you get to the bottom of your deck faster. And very, very cool to see Sander play this. A couple other people played this as well. Really? Um, I don't know. I don't know if they all played the exact 60, but I know at least one other person did well with it. I don't remember what with their the name Mewtwo was. With the Mewtwo V Union? Yes, with the oh, Mewtwo V okay. Union. It was pretty much the same concept. I don't know if it was the exact same 60, but... Super crazy to see a deck like this just come out of nowhere, especially when we had Milwaukee regionals last week, Sean, you know, always exciting. This is why I like closed deck list formats. This is why, you know, I love watching the big tournaments and stuff of the Pokemon trading card game is you get wax stuff like this. Yeah, just out of a hat. So, yeah, basically the way this deck works, we, we I talked about it. So like you have Mewtwo to heal a bunch of damage. You've got the mill tanks to basically turn off certain decks entirely if they don't have another attacker, because they can't, if they're a Pokemon V, they can't hit through it. And then you have Eveltal and the Crushing Hammers to get rid of all the energy. And then, yeah, 
you have an in, an infinite loop basically, so you don't deck yourself out. It's that's basically all the deck is trying to do is like get into its like little combo for whatever whatever the combo it needs for the deck it's playing against fast. The only time that you actually deck yourself out in this deck is the very unfortunate like eight tails in a row on Silene. <laughs> yes, that's the only way, which is. So minuscule, you know, it's such a low percentage to hit eight tails in a row that you kind of just take that risk. Yeah. Um, but I, I believe that is the only way that you deck out with this deck. Yeah, most likely. Although, man, this is one of those decks where I'm like, if I was the opponent, I'd be like, is there any, like, do you just start throwing a Durant in just to mill <laughs> like one or two of their own cards? Like, it's like against decks like this, they usually like late game, mill decks like this or like stall decks i should say their their game plan is actually just about like keeping what they put back into their deck so that they don't deck themselves out pretty thin like maybe mm -hmm. like two three cards so if you can get rid of a few of those pieces it, it actually does make it really awkward for them so i don't i don't think it's worth putting in a durant in your deck i'll just say that right now all, all i know is if you go on the pokemon trading card game ladder today it, it is filled with people trying to figure out and try <laughs> out sanders fun new deck very very cool deck again i love it i i think it's just i love stuff like this which is out of the window super obscure never it's just wild yep Jake, I think you had a couple of other decks you wanted to chat through. This one from Spencer Perez. This had more top 32s than Mew V Max Sean. Vikavolt V. Wow. This was uh, a person and their brother, I believe. They both got top 32 at North American International Championships. Vikavolt V with that paralyzing bolt. You know, doing that 50 damage and preventing your opponent from using item cards. Something very, very good right now in the Pokemon trading card game. You have a bunch of other counter Pokemon. The Galarian Moltres, the Galarian Zapdos. And using that Mew engine, we talked about the Mew shoes. Well, actually, we haven't talked about the Mew shoes because we we were out and we missed a podcast episode by accident. But anyway, but shoes, but shoes, trekking <laughs> shoes, good. Mew, also good. Mew shoes. And when we say Mew, we all we mean celebrations Mew. The Mew that has mm. appeared a little bit every so often, but has really come out into these turbo style decks that you've probably seen the last couple weeks. Most, if not all, these turbo style decks are playing this celebrations Mew and playing a four of trekking shoes. And uh, mm -hmm. well, it's very, very good in that aspect. You do play things like energy switch. So you can move stuff. You play a bunch of energy searches as well to find, you know, that Vikavolt V, you know, to find the one energy you needed for the Galarian Zapdos or whatever, the Crobat, if you need to get around Milk Tank or something. You do have Radiant Greninja in your list, but you can't use no. Radiant Greninja. You don't have any water energy, but I mean, very, very cool as well. Yeah, and it's the one I'm looking at this list now because this is the first time I'm seeing it. Like the combination of like counter Pokemon plus a Vikavolt, like the counter Pokemon can knock out the things they need to, right? Like in certain mm -hmm. matchups. Vikavolt hitting for weakness against Palkia, actually really interesting and relevant because like if you hit Palkia for weakness, you don't overbench. If they can't return KO you, yeah, you might think, oh, 50 times two, 100, that's like a three shot, that's bad. But throw a choice belt on there and that's actually 80. And now you're doing 160 and you're two-shotting those Palkias. And all of a sudden, you two-shot Palkia and they can't use item cards? Oof. Yeah, I mean, they can't find their Sobbles. They can't yep. find their Drizzles. They can't level ball for Drizzle to Drizzle chain for more level balls and things like that. It, it's just, it again, makes it very, very difficult for your opponents who play the game. I mean, if yep. you completely stop what they're trying to do, just like in Sanders deck, right? You can't knock out that Pokemon, it just makes it very, very difficult. So I wanted to give this deck a shout out. Oh yeah. It didn't, I don't believe it made top 16. I believe both of them were in the 17 to 32, but I thought it was just a really, really cool deck. Something that we haven't really seen yet. And also playing three switch cards as oh, well yeah. to get those beefy Vika volts or <laughs> whatever 
from the active. Even your muse, getting those muse out of the active as well. Yeah. Potentially. And then, Jake, you sent me one more deck, which this one's a little sideways, but, you know, another deck that you said was your favorite deck of the of the this evening. was my uh, favorite deck of the event. Ian Robb played this one. I believe uh, Reagan, who won the seniors division, was also playing this list, if not okay. the exact 60. It's basically flying Pikachu Arceus, but it's got two Beedrill in it. The, <laughs> and that's what makes it my favorite, because it's just something else really, really cool in this list. And it's it's only a it's a four two Arceus V-Star line. So oh, okay. I, that's one less Arceus V-Star that I have to buy. So I'm into this list. And this one playing also the Inteleon engine. Mm hmm. Yeah. I mean, again, it's basically instead of Bibberals, right? In terms of Bibberals that Azul was playing, this is opted for the more aggressive Beedrill, the one that has the jet stinger attack where if the opponent has a special energy attached to their active Pokemon, it is knocked out, costs only one grass energy, which is very easy to find in this deck because you're playing actually a majority of grass energies because you have a lot of colorless energies in your attack cost you're playing the single strike mustard as well absolutely love single strike mustard very very cool to combo your hand all the way until mustard is the very last card and then go ahead and throw a single strike pokemon onto your bench specifically a stage two absolutely love it so I mean, that's pretty much that list. Yeah. It's not too much different than Azul's list besides the B besides the B drills instead of the B rolls, but it's my favorite list. Well, <laughs> it's Jake, my favorite list from the event. Do you want to see my favorite list from the event? I know <laughs> what your favorite list is from the event. Sean, take it away. I know you're excited to talk about this one. So this list, I'll just tell you right now, everybody who's watching, I'm going to keep the screen small. That, that looks like a normal list. Kind of weird, though, because you're like, huh, how does all this work? There's no energy in this deck. Well, there's no energy in the deck because there are no jumbo energy cards. This this deck is entirely made of jumbo Pokemon cards, the ones that you get from like those special boxes and everything. So I'm going to pull up. He, he, he was so large. The cards are so large. He had to take two photos across like an entire table. It, I don't, it doesn't even matter what Pokemon he's running in this because you could run one ups, four ups, whatever but there technically are enough Pokemon that were printed that are jumbo size that you can run a 60 card deck. And um, I can't imagine that he won any games. <laughs> no, I mean, he, he lost, he played one round. Uh -huh. The person, Matthew, Val, how do you say that last name? Vareev, I, I believe, I don't know. Matthew only played one round. The first round he lost. The second round, he his opponent scooped, so then they could go to a game three. And then uh, third round, he lost. But he got deck checked as well because word got around that some dude was playing with jumbo cards. And just to set the record straight, Christopher <laughs> Shemansky, who was uh, part of the event as a judge, very, very long-time Pokemon player. I know a lot of word got around that you know it was legal but christopher specifically tweeted out i just saw this so i don't have this in the show notes for mm. us as i pulled up twitter to get this tweet so very coincidence that we're finding this out despite the person who ran hard with the claim that the oversized cards were confirmed to be legal or whatever the naic the naic ruling that i'm most able to comment on is this one Probably a firm no, not legal, but we didn't get to a full answer before the person dropped from the event. So Matthew's plan the entire time was to just play round one with these jumbo cards and then drop after round one. That was his plan the entire time. So unfortunately, <laughs> we don't get an actual answer to whether it is legal or not, but we can pretty much guarantee that if you roll up to worlds with 60 jumbo cards, it will not be legal and you will get DQ'd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I was thinking about this because also you can't sleeve the deck. The deck is by nature unsleevable because there are no opaque sleeves for this card. And I mm -hmm. believe, and I could be wrong, but I believe that you actually have to, do you have to run your cards in sleeves, right? Like that I actually might be don't know the answer to that, but I will say that with a lot of jumbo cards because, you know, they're printed in those boxes and yeah. stuff and... They're not really meant 
to be kept pristine. They don't come with the printing and boxing quality, as you know, cards that you get in a pack mm -hmm. usually would. So a lot of the cards could be considered marked because yes. of various packaging and whatnot. I believe in the thread that Matthew had, he said that he might be able to uh, to do. But I mean, you see no energies right there. You know, you, you're not you doing can play anything. It, probably, but it might not be legal and you're probably not going to win. Yeah, but very, yeah. very, it was very, a great very cool. Meme. It was like, this reminds me, there was a Yu-Gi-Oh meme years ago where Yu-Gi-Oh did not have a, a rule for the size of your deck, like how many cards. And as a joke, this this crew rolled up with a 2,000, like 100 card deck. It was like in a box that was like, you can't even see it on screen, but it was a box that was just enormous. And I'm going to have to look this up. It's a good video that talks about it. But yeah, they, they got to play in the event. They, and then they had to change the rules to say that the deck needs to be shuffleable in one in like two hands because that you could not shuffle the whole deck because it's like impossible. So, like, you know, <laughs> Shay, um, Shay Hot, Hot, what's it? What's his handle now? He changed it from Slow Is, is it Hot Chalk PTCG? Our man, our, the man, the myth, the legend that we know and love, always loves doing kind of abstract videos and has done a little bit of kind of history videos, you know, talking about some things. Mm -hmm. I think it would be great, and I think it would be a hit YouTube video to talk about the 2000 card deck. I bet people would love that. So there's an idea for you if yeah. you're a YouTuber or if you're Shay. Please, Shay, make a video on that. I would love to hear <laughs> you talk about that because I think that would be the funniest thing to listen to in the office while I do work, but absolutely oh. insane. Again, big shout out to that person and shout out to everyone who did go. I know a lot of people who went and just had an incredibly fun time, just yeah. had a blast. And I wish I could have been there. Sean wishes he could have been there too, you know, but uh, there's always in the there's next always year. next year. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when we're big and famous and our only job is doing the Metapod podcast yeah. because we have so many lovely, <laughs> lovely, lovely, excellent listeners, um, w you'll be able to see us. And so yeah. hopefully we'll be able to see you all soon. But Sean, is there anything else that you want to mention? Uh, no. I mean, I guess. Do you want to do a quick prediction for Worlds? Uh, quick prediction we, for Worlds. Since oh, we boy. know what most of the format is, Sans, maybe Mewtwo V-Star, basically. Ah, oh, boy. Um, I kind of think that Palkia is going to win. You think Palkia is going to win? I don't want this to feel like a cop-out answer, no, but Palkia is just really good. I, and I it's think really that's a hard. Answer. It's really hard to counter Palkia as well because Palkia is going to be able to adapt just like all the other decks are going to be able to adapt to Palkia mm -hmm. in some form or fashion. So just watching it dominate this much, you know, these last two weeks you know really seeing it now that it's legal just absolutely pop off um i, I feel like palkia is gonna win it's either gonna be that or sander like one of those <laughs> two is gonna win worlds i will say i will be interested to see further develop because i believe like palkia is obviously great in japan and i think the fact that flying and surfing pikachu both had success in japan that preceded its success you know in the west so mm -hmm. i think though if you have another month and a half where there's no major tournaments so people can kind of homebrew some stuff that might be interesting i actually think that you might see some it, palkia has the best chance but i think some form of a of a pikachu deck that can integrate you know a um that could integrate maybe a fighting weakness or like you know a little bit of something else like a little bit of spice i think that might make it through I mean, it's interesting because, I mean, you're right. Flying Pikachu did have results in Japan, but Azul was like one of the only players playing yeah. Flying Pikachu in those top spots. So it was a deck that I think a lot of people kind of didn't really have on their radar. They may have known, you know, he did well in Milwaukee with the list, but, you know, not well enough to be like, okay, really got to counter this Flying Pikachu, you yeah. know, like. And so maybe now this is the point where people start countering it. This is maybe the point where maybe people say, you know what? Maybe they do. Maybe we just let it keep going and we just I mean, worry about everything else. I will say flying Pikachu is a victim of its own success. The same way that Mewtwo was because it's weak to itself. 
Yeah, it's weak to lightning type Pokemon because it's flying, Sean. Flying Pokemon are weak to lightning. So I think maybe the surfing, surfing Pikachu, Pikachu is the same way. Uh, no, I think it? the surfing Pikachu is also weak to lightning. I'm, I'm, I'm look like that pretty up. sure. I feel like surfing You're Pikachu is weak. Check me, Sean. I feel like surfing Pikachu is weak to. Fighting. You know what, Sean? I Let's will send you an on the ball Sobble if it's not weak to lightning. I've got this on the. I'm holding it hostage for surfing you. Surfing Pikachu VMAX is weak to fighting. Oh, never mind. I'll send this on the ball <laughs> to you. Anyways, thank you so much for listening to the Metapod podcast, the Pokemon TCG podcast that revolves around the evolving meta. Hopefully my voice wasn't terrifying to hear, and hopefully you enjoyed our commentary on these decks. We're back in action. We've got a lot of stuff. Pokemon Go set coming soon, Sean. We'll see you later.